prayer, gathered in health, gathered in word. Last week, we were gathered in unity, and um, um, a few of us were at uh, Zion Baptist Church for worship, uh, for this, a life-giving fellowship with them, and uh, that was just a gift uh, altogether. So, and so today, as our fall, fall series continues, uh, we're on the road, uh, down the road is, is um, this idea of gathered in community, gathered in community. And when I think of community, uh, I cannot help but think of this TV show. Go to the, there you go. You know the show, right? Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? So when I think of this song, I think of uh, the lyrics specifically, and I found a version that had the lyrics on there. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Amen? Right? Uh, taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everyone knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. I think this speaks to our shared, our common shared humanity, right? Uh, you want to be where everyone knows your name. Uh, this describing the local pub, right? Okay, uh, at 4 p.m. happy hour. Getting away from all the worries of the work day before you go home to all the worries that might be there at your home. Uh, it would sure help a lot to take a break Right, where you'd find uh, found out that all your troubles are indeed are the same. Indeed, these are all human troubles that we all experience in this thing called life that we're trying to navigate together. I don't know about you, but one of the great gifts, and I, I say gift, uh, one of the things that this pandemic has revealed to us is that it is highlighted for many uh, without the ability to physically gather. Uh, not just on a Sunday morning, but gather with anyone, anywhere, uh, unless it's your immediate family, uh, that this pandemic has highlighted for many of us, it has reminded us of the importance of community. It has reminded us of the importance of relationship. It's reminded us of the importance of human contact and connection. Uh, when we're so, you know, when we were socially distanced and in lockdown for those first three months, you know, think to the early days of the pandemic, and that still exists at some level. Some of these negative realities of the pandemic uh, uh, exist. Uh, some of these negative things are, you know, there was an increase in domestic abuse. Abuse. There was a rise in uh, substance abuse uh, in the early days, and still even now. And the overall decrease 
in everyone's mental health, emotional health, are all realities that people are still dealing with even today. Many of these negative outcomes stem from the lack of connection and community. And it's been hard uh, for people overall. It's been hard on their, their mental and their emotional state. Perhaps some more than others. Yet we've all been affected, at least in some way, by a lack of connection. Amen? Anyone? Okay, all right. So uh, this inability to gather and inability to be in community has had and is still having an effect not on just um, uh, the emotional or the mental state, but it has had effect on our spiritual well-being as well. So again, the gift of the pandemic is that it has highlighted uh, the importance of gathering in community for the sake of our own spiritual vitality. Now, also true uh, in regard to the church uh, is the question, will people, once they are out of habit of going to church, will they return? <laughs> I'm, I'm friends with many pastor friends, and there's this sort of uh, anxiety or fear that folks will not return. Um, I truly believe that they will, maybe not to the same community of faith. But if one is following Jesus, church involvement, defining church broadly, is inevitable. Introverts may disagree. Though I am convinced that gathering in community is so central to helping all of us follow Jesus. The passage I chose for this morning comes from the book of Hebrews. <clears throat> it, was <clears throat> excuse me. it was read earlier uh, by Coach, um, and he had that dramatic pause in the middle there, which was beautiful, because the next line is where we're focusing. It was a dramatic pause, so brilliant. <laughs> Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have, um, well, let me go back. The, 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 the heading for this is a, a call to persevere in faith. It's a call to persevere in faith. Anyone? Like, amen? Yeah, persevere in such a time as this. All right, so therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened through, uh, for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that, the, that, faith, bring, that faith brings, having, having hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from, the guilt, from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we prefer for he who promised is faithful. We could stop right there. He who promised is faithful. But it continues, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, not forsaking our own assembly, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, whoever the writer of Hebrews was, I'm sure she had the, uh, had the strong encouragement that even though they were in the darkest of times, they were in the hardest of seasons, that meeting together in community was of huge, huge importance. So why is it so important? Why is community so important? I want to bring up a few words on the screen, and I want to invite us to sit with each of them for a moment or two. And the first word is this, dependence. 
So as you hear the word dependence, as you read that on the screen, dependence, <clears throat> I want you to consider <clears throat> what thoughts come to mind? What emotions might there be? What do you feel or notice in your body when you just hear the word or read the word dependence? Let's sit with that just for a second. I think for me, um, dependence, I think of a small infant, a newborn, completely dependent on mom and dad for everything. Dependent. I also think of, when I think of dependence, I think that's uncomfortable. <laughs> As we grow, you know, like, I don't want to be dependent on anything. Which brings us to our next word. And the word is independence. So let's sit with this word. You hear the word independence. What's going through your mind? What's, what do you feel in your heart? What do you sense in your body? independence. So those, those newborn babies, at some point, I mean, if you watch it, they become a little bit more independent <laughs> in their lives, right? When they learn to, how to tie their own shoes or to fasten their own uh, seatbelt, like, wow, look at the independent nature of our kids. They can, and then they want to show others that they can tie shoes, right? They, so they grow. We grow in independence. We are no longer uh, dependent for everything from our parents, right? Right? Growing, and then what do we have? We have, uh, when they hit, when people become sophomores in high school, they get those keys and they start driving and there's a little more independence, right? And they, they're not reliant on mom and dad to take them everywhere. We look forward to that, don't we, Ruthie? Yes. <laughs> okay. So independence, independence. And finally, I want to, a uh, third word here is inter. What thoughts, what uh, emotions, what do you sense in your body just when you look at interdependence? So when you look at all three of these words together, how does your responses, your reactions to these words affect your experience of Christian community? How do they affect, both in the past and also presently, and how, how does it affect your experience of Christian community? One idea I'm going after here is that we live in a place we live in a time, we live in a culture, we live in an environment that celebrates what? We, we, what do we celebrate? We celebrate being independent. I mean, after all, a document that kicked it all off for the United States was the Declaration of what? Independence. I think what is more, America worships individuality. You got this. 
You can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Another word or phrase I think that has been talked about much in this in the realm of this pandemic is individual freedom. Right? Individual freedom. Right? This has creeped up uh, in, into our church language as well over the years, the decades. It's all about a personal relationship with Jesus as an individual, me, just me and my Savior, me and my Lord, me and my Jesus. However, Jesus, I think, teaches something different in the scriptures. Jesus taught his followers that we are to be part of a family of God. Those who are desiring to follow Jesus are called to not be rogue, not be off by themselves, but be part of a living organism. We're called to be part of, the, of Christ's body, that is the church. We're not only um, a living organism, but that organism is also called to love. It's a loving organism. A living, moving, breathing body where every part belongs and finds its health in right relationship to every other part of that body. No part is meant to function by itself, to live by itself, or be on its own. All parts of this amazing body are interdependent upon the other parts and the, other, and the organs of that body. They need each other for, for them to function and to flourish. We learn this from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13, which we won't read right now, but uh, Paul has something to say to the Corinthian church about that. So whether we like it or not, we are interdependent on one another. For I, you, we are finite creatures. And for flourishing of all people, you need all parts, everyone's gifts, talents, resources. And guess what? They need your gifts, talents, and resources as well. It, I think uh, 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 reciprocity is the word here. There's a give, and there's also a receiving. There's a give, and then there's a take. Enter dependence. Kind of just moving from, you know, we have this, as newborns, we're, this, we're dependent upon others for everything, right? Uh, uh, someone who has a new life in Christ, sometimes they're in a season of just being dependent on learning from others, being discipled. There's a dependency there. And then as they begin to grow, then there's some a birth some, of some independence, right? And then a, a finally a discovery of how they also have gifts to offer the world in an interdependent sort of way. So Sunday worship, in our gathering, in, in, in community, we have a space, this is part of our liturgy, we have a space of welcome. Because we are, at our very core, relational creatures created by a relational God. Father, Son, Spirit, Trinity, in relationship. There's never a time when God's not in relationship with himself. Father, Son, Spirit. God is relationship. So we are called, we are called, reminded of this relationship with God in order to see flourishing as a people who bear God's image for the rest of the world. So 
a few weeks back gathered in prayer, we talked about call to worship, a call to worship, right? Um, God calls us, but then the thing is, is that he welcomes us. He calls us, but then he welcomes us. And when we, by his grace, respond to that call, he welcomes us. God welcomes us in the context of our worship. Um, it reminds us of our complete dependence on God. I mean, there's never a time when you're not dependent on God. We may think there are times when we're sort of independent of God and God things and what God's will is for our life. There's times, right? But there's never a time where we are not dependent on God, even for our next breath. So God calls us. And when we're, we come together in the context of worship in community, there's a, there's a remembrance of a complete dependence, and it reminds us of the reality that in him, we move, we live and move and have our being. I don't know about you, but Sunday morning, in the practice of showing up, in the practice of being here with, with this body and being with God and being with one another, it highlights for me just how easy it is that all week long I have the proclivity to be and to live in self-sufficiency, independent, not dependent on people. Is that just me? I, I, I don't know. For me... Sunday mornings remind me of how easy it is for me to slip into that. I'm so easily tricked into thinking that I can do life alone. And then gathering with this amazing church reminds me that that's not God's idea. Nor is it any way to follow Jesus. So we have a time in our worship, and I actually I would like to do it longer did we forget to do, we forgot to do it? We didn't even do it this morning. That's just ironic, isn't it? Let's just pause and do that right now. Everyone can stand and just wave at each other. We're not necessarily shaking hands yet and all that kind of thing. So just kind of greet one another, say hello, grace and peace. Good to see you. Let's do that right in the middle of the sermon. I love it. This is, this is often, well, it, it, it's most often my favorite part of Sunday morning, okay? There's this, there's the before church, and then there's the after church, and then, what's that? Yeah, oh, right. No, I'm talking to people. It's fine. It's good. So you guys can, you guys can be seated. Um, it's, I, I would like to do this for like seven, six, seven minutes. <laughs> people are like checking their watches, you know, like, can we get started again? So I just, I just love this. Okay, so we have this time in our worship where we, um, um, where we are responding. So God has welcomed us back, worship. So therefore, we welcome one another in the practice of hospitality, specifically done in this Christian greeting, passing of the peace in our liturgy every week, except for one I forget <laughs> this morning. So uh, expressing hello, Good morning, good to see you, welcoming of one another, perhaps even extending a blessing, Christ be with you. I realize that this is um, exciting for our extroverts, right? 
and perhaps agonizing for our introverts among us, though, um, though we do it with intention and purpose. We're not just passing the time. We do it with intention and purpose. As recipients ourselves of God's welcome, we become imitators of God by extending welcome to our brothers and sisters. So what we practice here, what we practice inside the walls of this church, then we can extend that welcome and hospitality to our neighbors, to our strangers, and I dare say even our enemies. Practice makes permanent. Like we, we do this outside. We practice it here. We have been welcomed with God. We are imitators of God in that realm, and we welcome others, brothers and sisters, neighbors, strangers, and even our enemies. So um, we gather as a people, a church family, and we are dependent on Jesus. There's never a time where we're not dependent on Jesus. But we're also interdependent on one another, gathered in community. Now, given the current trends regarding church in America, there has been a long, steady, slow decline in church involvement. Many reasons for this, and I won't get into all of them, uh, but so many people have sought belonging in community by other means in other places, which is fine. We, only, we're, we need relationship. We need to be connected. We need a sense of belonging. But the uniqueness of the church, what does the church, what do we bring as unique, is that, um, that our belonging, as compared to other places of belonging, is that our belonging is centered around the person of Jesus. You cannot find that in other places outside the church. The world does not offer this kind of belonging and community centered around Jesus. And I think more specifically, Metamore Mennonite Church the uniqueness of our Anabaptist theology, our Anabaptist understanding a way of being in the world, and our um, understanding a way of, of following Jesus. In our coming together, we are submitting to something bigger than ourselves. In our coming together, we are submitting to something bigger than our own personal preferences. We're submitting to something bigger uh, than our own personal ideologies, something bigger than our, our ideas of what a perfect church may look like. Because, you know, within the context of a, a worship time together, we're invited to sing new songs, maybe listen or hear new ideas, or follow, follow or submit to a plan that, honestly, we wouldn't choose for ourselves. When we submit to something bigger than ourselves, submitting to a community, a community of people committed to following Jesus together, we begin to see the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So, so far, I've really just considered our, our, our Sunday morning gathering, uh, but, you know, we offer a variety of Christian community within the church, okay? Um, we have uh, various groups. We, um, though we do not highlight them often, uh, we have uh, some life groups, small groups, servant groups, prayer groups, um, faith formation offerings before worship time, uh, at our 9 o'clock time. Um, there, uh, a lot of these are posted um, on the wall in the uh, narthex out there. Uh, who leads those and how often they meet and so on. 
on a Sunday morning, we have opportunity to practice living out the one and one another verses. This is just a, a sample of them. Uh, we have we have we have opportunity on Sunday morning to do that, but we have even a greater opportunity in the context of a smaller group. Um, it makes it even more possible to practice these things: loving one another, living in harmony with one another, washing one another's feet, serving one another, forgiving one another. When we uh, truly desire to live in the way of Jesus, we're invited to expand our worship from being shoulder to shoulder, facing the stage or the pulpit, to um, a community that's facing one another, face to face. It's in that kind of environment, in a smaller group, a smaller group setting, we can honestly and humbly ask ourselves, how are we doing with one anothering? What are we doing well? Where might we there be an invitation for growth? I love what uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says regarding community. Uh, the first service, the first service one owes to others in the community involves listening to them. Just as our life for God uh, begins with listening to God's word, the beginning of of love for other Christians is learning to listen to them. God's love for us is shown by the fact that God not only gives us God's word, but also lends us God's ear. We do God's work for our brothers and sisters when we learn to listen to them. To listen and to learn from them. And I think we have an excellent opportunity this evening when we come together for this Postcards from Babylon viewing this documentary. Um, we have an opportunity to, um, other, so other brothers and sisters will be from elsewhere, from other churches, will be here uh, in this church, and we will discuss some very uh, different views on politics and the church as we interact with this, this content. Um, and we're invited here to listen and to learn from one another. It's a great opportunity to practice tonight. So brothers and sisters, God's family is meant to be the show and tell of what is true, what true belonging and what true love looks like in flesh and blood. However, this isn't done perfectly, we acknowledge, right? As a church, we don't do this perfectly. Eugene Peterson says, uh, he says, every congregation is a congregation of sinners. As if that weren't bad enough, they have sinners for pastors as well. I'll drink to that. Uh, the church gathered in community Sunday mornings for a small group, a prayer group, a faith formation group. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. You want to be where everyone can see our troubles are all the same. God's one plan for reaching the world is rooted in a community of broken people who gather with a desire to bring God's kingdom of love and shalom here on earth as it is in heaven. We here at Metamore Midnight Church will never be a perfect people, but imperfect people committed to the radical, spirit-empowered love that can change the world. So may we move from dependence to independence to an interdependence as we gather in community.
So as we conclude the sermon, a couple of questions just to hold. When has the body of Christ, maybe not specifically this church alone, maybe you were part of other faith communities in the past, when has the body of Christ nurtured and sustained you? where your life was closer to flourishing because of relationships you have with a, with a community of faith centered on Jesus. We think of seasons in our lives and so on and so forth. And we can just thank God. Gratitude. That we've had that community for us, cheering us on, supporting us in prayer. You have been recipients of that, but you have also given that as well. Interdependence. And then who might uh, who might be in relationship who might you be in relationship with that would also benefit from the same support and nurturing that you've experienced? Friends, there are a lot of folks out there that are done with the church. Try to nickel for every one I know. You could retire. This pandemic has really I think I think I think Satan has done some work. Disconnection, isolation. a lack of being connected. So what does an invitation look like to someone who you might know that is starving for community? Can we join in singing, Jesus, help us live in peace? Jesus, help us live.